Uh, good evening, everybody. Today is Tuesday. Pardon me, today is Wednesday, and the date is the 17th. Nice. I'm sorry, I don't know. Okay. And we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Into Action, and our speaker is Eileen S. Thank you, Eileen. Take it away. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, everybody. Really excited to be here. See some, some old friends. Very nice. Um, my name is Eileen S., and I am gratefully recovered. I live in Boise, Idaho. And um, I am going to speak tonight. I, my understanding is on step eight. And I don't know if you were like me, but when I first came into the rooms, I immediately thought there's no way I can do that step eight. But luckily I was so desperate that, um, and my sponsor just said, just we're gonna worry about it later because by the time you get there, you're gonna be ready to do it. And it is the truth, it is the truth. Um, I'll just give you a little background on myself. I am, um, I'm 59. I came into the program about nine years ago. And uh, what brought me into the rooms was just, um, I had created this fantasy world for myself where um, I bought this house and this guy that I obsessed about, we were going to live together and all this stuff. And, and then one day he tells me, he's like, oh, I'm getting married to Erica. And um, I introduced them and she worked with me. And it was just amazing to see how I was so out of touch with reality. I just had no clue. And um, I ate and ate and ate until one day I finally was sitting in a room with no lights on and the phone off. And I realized I got this thought that it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. And um, luckily, God, you know, spoke to me or reminded me that I had been to um, OA years ago, just once, but I knew I was out of ideas. I knew I was out of ideas. So I came into OA and um, I did work the steps. I've worked them several times. And um, step eight was, um, well, it hinges on all the steps before it. So just as a quick summation, I basically was powerless, step one. I knew that I had nowhere to turn to. Everything in my life was a mess. And um, I was running on my own self-will. I thought that's what you did. I thought that's what an adult was supposed to do. I thought you were supposed to take the reins and make your life happen. If you want something or somebody, you know, you make it happen. And what I did is I stepped on people and I used people. I lied, I cheated, I stole. And um, I had such incredible shame because I was raised differently and I knew better, but I could not act better. And that's when I really too can see that I have a disease and I'm not well. I'm not necessarily bad. I did bad things, but I don't believe that I was put on this earth and, and, and that I have to live bound by that, that I have to be bad. I, I think there's so many opportunities to grow spiritually and this program has has opened the door for me um so i did believe in god and um but i believe that god was in heaven and i was supposed to um pray to god but i didn't know i was supposed to rely on something bigger than me so that's been a big change 
Um, and then step three for me really was the ability to say, because I remember saying, you know, are you ready to turn your life and your will over to God? And I'm like, oh my God, I, I hope so. I want to be honest. Is that the truth? And somebody, I don't know who said, it kind of means, Eileen, are you willing to go through with the rest of the steps? And I was like, oh yeah, I got, I got nothing better going on. I got no other options. So, um, so I did that. And so step four, as we all know, we make a fearless moral inventory, basically looking at what has happened in the past. What have I done? What is bothering me right now? What is top of mind taking up room in my head and that I need to let go. And, um, I thought this was going to be great. I was just going to be able to like run on about how everybody did me wrong. But dang that column four, I had to look at what, what my part was. And um, I have a lot. I have a lot. A lot of it was dishonesty. A lot of it was just never being authentic with people, changing all the time so that you would like me to the point that I thought there was nothing to me. And then one day deciding I couldn't stand it anymore and cutting you out of my life. And um, I, I tell you, step four was beautiful the first time I did it, especially. And when I did my fifth step, I kind of laughed because my sponsor took me to a yoga studio and we um, we did a little ceremony and I burnt my fourth step afterwards. And I'll tell you, you need it in step eight. So um, but it was beautiful. And I was given an opportunity to to say something out loud that I never thought that I would say out loud. Um, and six and seven. Six and seven for me were kind of under, underrated and uh, until this last go round when I went through the steps and I really got to look at my character defects really specifically. And then if this is my defect, what would be the opposite? How would I act in this situation, whether I was at work or at home um, with friends? And what it did, it gave me this whole concrete list of ways that I can start acting immediately as I work with God, um, you know, I, I, I basically get to work and act like the character defects have been removed while God is doing the work, removing them at his time on his timetable. So, um, so that prepared me for step eight, because I got to see too all these things that come into play with my life on how I treated other people. So step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So I made my list. It was definitely not the same exact list as my step four. You know, step four had things like I resented the government and da 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 da. But this is where I take the people from step four that I harmed. And I also, I don't know about you, but I had more to add. I had people that I stole from um, you know, businesses, places I've worked. I mean, I started stealing money from my grandmother as a very little girl. I took her change. I didn't have anywhere to spend it. I just, the act of taking it. Um, and I made this list of people and I had to be, I had to be fearless because, and not rush ahead to step nine, stay in eight. Okay. I made the list. And with the help of a sponsor, then I look at who am I willing to make amends to? You know, some are like right away, okay, I'll do that. Maybe there were some that I didn't want to do. And then I didn't, I feel fortunate. I didn't have any that I said never, but I was kind of really looking forward to doing the easy ones first so that I wouldn't have to um, rush into the other more difficult ones. 
And what step eight involved for me too was looking at these people that I had harmed and um, knowing that I had to go to them with the genuine feeling that I was making amends. I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm basically saying I'm going to try to never do this again, that I was inconsiderate and that I hurt you. And in order to come from that place, I have to be able to forgive people if they have done things to me, because that has no place in this step, at least for me. I, I mean, my deal is I'm going to make an amends to you and I'm going to mean it. And I am not going to say anything or think anything about what you did to me. That is water under the bridge. I have got to clean my side of the street. And the beautiful part about that is too, that even if you don't want to accept my amends, I have done my part. And I love that. I love in the big book where it talks about, you know, we're not servile or scraping. We are children of a higher power, whoever you believe in, I call it God. And uh, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to atone for um, my sins. But I am um, then also going to move on and give my life to my higher power and try to be of service to other people. Um, but like I said, so to me, the crux of step eight is forgiveness. And because if I'm burning about somebody, how can I truly go and make an amends? I mean, I think that it's going to fall through. I think in the end, I might do more damage. And thank goodness for having a sponsor, somebody who has gone there before and done it, who can guide me, who can also push me and say, no, Eileen, living amends are a last resort. Okay, they are not your first choice. Um, no taking the easy way out here. And um, I know this dips a little into step nine, but um, I just want to tell you about an amends I made. I made an amends to a boss of mine who uh, I was so unhappy when I worked there. And I worked late hours and I could never get this, these um, bills straightened out. And I just, I took money and I um, padded my time card and I just really suck, sunk to new depths. And, um, and this person, I had gotten in touch with them and asked them to, um, if I could get in, if I could call them. And I called him, he lived several states away. And I honestly never thought that I would be able to say out loud that I stole, you know, that I could say, you know, John, I stole from you. And um, the humility involved, I mean, it is God. It is God. It is not me. I am an egomaniac. I only care about what people think about me. And uh, when I'm in the disease and I, I, um, I'm sure at the last minute, my ego is panicking saying, you know, is there any way we can save face? But, you know, it was beautiful. I rehearsed it a little bit, but then when I do my amends, I basically just let come out what comes out short and sweet. And, um, you know, I just, it was an amazing experience. And I could say in that instance that the person took it very well and was very, very loving and gracious to me. And I really feel that also was God so that it allowed me to continue doing amends and making amends. And it helped my fear really subside. Um, 
So yeah, so I am kind of going to jump all over here because I don't know, you know, I'm not real good with my timing, but um, step eight's important. It's, it's, and I like to tell my sponsees too, though, kind of like step four, you do the work and um, you do the best you can. And if you miss something, no big deal. We're, you can do it later. We can do it in, I do step 10s every day, I do step 11. It is going to come up. It's not that this, you know, don't let perfection stop you. It's, that's just an excuse. Put it down in paper, look at these people. And sometimes too, we can go the opposite way and want to beat ourselves up or I, I want to throw myself under the bus. And there again, we lean on our sponsor who's giving us guidance here on this earth that, you know, perhaps we shouldn't do that one. It might hurt somebody or perhaps we shouldn't say it that way. Um, so the list making is, is a great thing. And the becoming willing to make those amends, really all things are possible in God's world. He really, he can, he can do the impossible. And I've heard some beautiful stories of people's nine steps and eight, you know, step eight really sets the, 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 um, the groundwork. And I think I have some more time. So I'm going to just talk in general too, about my recovery, um, like I said, I've been in program nine years and I've had different iterations of recovery, but it really wasn't until the last year and a half that I, I got truly honest. And um, all those times before I thought I was, and I thought I got it, but I wanted to, um, I still didn't buy into the we, the we part of the program. I really thought I could do my steps and I'm definitely gonna sponsor but I'm going to kind of do what I want to do after that. And this go round, it's kind of interesting. The rigorous honesty has led me to the realization that um, God has more in store for me. And you know what? I want to, I want to be of service. That's not me. That's not me. Um, even tonight, coming here tonight to speak, I said, yes, it's an automatic thing. I'm happy to do service. But I'm like any other human, before I go on, I get a little nervous or say, oh, I'd rather not do this. But God is just amazing. He's just amazing. So anyway, I've become one of those people that is like, oh, my gosh, I'm so thrilled to be a compulsive overeater. But I really am because my life was garbaggio before. It really was. I had been given a nice life, but I was oversensitive. Everything hurt my feelings. Everything was about me. And uh, I just ate and ate and ate and ate. And um, so it doesn't have to be that way today. So, um, and what's changed, not only the rigorous honesty, which started with my food, because I used to, I used to give people my food after the fact, but now I give it beforehand. And I saw how many times I wanted to change my mind. And every time I would change my mind, I let my disease in there. And I love that old saying, like, I mean, what do you feel like tonight for dinner? It's like, it doesn't matter. Open your book. This is what you're going to have. Um, and then my outreach, just calling people at least three people a day. It's changed everything for me because I was so thinking that my prayer life was not uh, strong enough. And I feel like I was looking for God in all the wrong places. And he was here the whole time. And he's in your faces. He's in the people that I talk to every day. 
I get connected. I get to see people, my people, people that get me. It's so comforting to know that I'm not alone. So comforting. And that when I'm a little off balance that I can call one of you and you get me. And um, it's just such a gift. It's such a gift. So let's see. I think I lost my train of thought, but you know, I am going to be 60 pretty soon. And isn't it funny to say that I'm going to be 60 and I'm healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. And that is amazing. So um, I have kept off 100 pounds for over um, five years. And I can't believe that. And I walk by the mirror some days and I go, that's truly a miracle. I did my footwork, but God did the rest. And I feel like I should really talk more about step eight, but I think I don't want to beat a dead horse with step eight. I can tell you that um, step nine led me to um, realizing that uh, I could say anything out loud, that I could be humble and I could um, move forward because I put my trust and reliance on my higher power. And I see that when I put my trust and reliance in people, I um, people disappoint me and um, they just can never be perfect, but my higher power can. And then step 10 for me has changed immensely. I mean, every time I look back for every relapse, it was due to letting step 10 go. And the big thing for me was that I... Um, I thought my stuff, which bothered me, was too petty to speak up about. And so I would discount it, but it was the stuff that was killing me. So I joined a group where I get a new 10-step train partner every two weeks, and it makes me do at least one a day. And I was started that process resentful that I had to do that, but it gave me something to talk about. And I see that my resentments... Like the word resentment to me, I don't have to be angry. I can just be disturbed. And usually it's like, you know, my boss. This is your three minute warning. Oh, thank you so much, Ian. My boss talks too much. Somebody's chewing their gum all day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a great thing. And I just want to say, I'll just wrap up with this. And thank you all for, you know, putting up with me. But <laughs> I am finding with my recovery that my sense of humor keeps expanding. And by that, I mean, I am able to laugh at myself so much more quickly. I realize how in the disease, I take myself so dang seriously that it's ridiculous. And so now too, when I slip and I'm in a character defect, because you know, they're not all gonna go poof. And thank goodness they don't. Because when I ask God in a tent step, he's like, Eileen, I gotta keep you in these rooms. But now I can see myself doing things and I can laugh. And I'll tell you, that's probably the best gift. It's the best gift because um, life is really worth living. And I have so much joy today. And laughter is the best medicine. And if I can laugh at myself, I don't think there's anything that I can't do with God's help. So thank you all for listening. It was a pleasure to be here and um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the meeting. Eileen, thank you so much for your beautiful share, all your experience, strength and hope. Thank you. Okay, so 
We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should, be re should relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. We ask you accept the guidelines in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host, uh, no, I will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Thank you. Okay, Meredith, let's jump right in there. Go ahead. Hey, everybody, I'm Meredith, um, recovered compulsive overreader in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Eileen, always so great. Thank you. That was, I get so much out of your shares. Um, they always sound fresh and new to me, and there's so many nuggets in there. Um, and I wanted clarification. You were reading my mail. You said I was changing all the time. So you would like me. And then you said something like, but then I would like get tired of you and write you off. Or what was that? Yeah, I used to, I used to, um, I used to be like, oh, I'm laid back, whatever you want to do, you know, with my friends, you know, come over whenever you want. And the next thing you know, they're just walking in unannounced. And I never told them. And then one day I'm like, you're just out of my life. And that's what I did. I wrote people off because I wasn't, I wasn't true. I had no boundaries. I just, um, and it wasn't fair to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm finding... Yeah, I found in my um, ninth step, I mean, I still, I'm cringing, but I'm hopeful. I mean, I did some really just terrible things and I, I, I really didn't see it. And one of the, one of the main things is, um, I mean, I'm coming up on seven years divorce and I really truly thought I had, you know, it was all my, my ex-husband's fault. Like I didn't think I had a part in it. So that's pretty amazing. Um, I love that you um, talked about the forgiveness piece, which is, um, I don't know. I, I just hadn't. I just like that you brought up that it's integral, you know, to doing a step nine. How can I make amends if I, if I'm not clear, if I'm not coming from a clear place? Um, and I, I love this too. Um, oh my gosh reporting my food afterward um, instead of beforehand. And every time I changed my mind, I let the disease in. That was such a big part of my problem. Um, but I was, I clung to my way for so long. Like I didn't want to, I thought it was too much of an inconvenience to report my food ahead of time or anything like that. So that is your time. Okay. All right. Thanks, you guys. I could go on and on, but thank you. Um, 
your beautiful Thank picture you. of this program. Thanks all. Thank you, Meredith. Claudine? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm Claudine, a recovered compulsive overeater, Eileen. I was so excited to hear that you were sharing. A friend texted me. It was like, it's Eileen. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I talked to you probably the first couple of weeks I was back in program um, last May. And it was such a gift to me. And I, I find that every time I talk to you, I feel so normal. I feel so normal in this disease. And it's like, okay, it takes me back to this is your, this is just what addicts think about and what they, what they do and how they process and all those things. So, and sometimes, you know, my perpetual uniqueness, I just think I'm the wackiest person alive, but I'm not. And you bring me back to that. And then just to hear, you know, how I'm the same way as was just shared. I would avail myself so that people would like me. And then I would hate them for it and ghost them because it's unsustainable. It's inauthentic and you cannot sustain that behavior. And so I would hate them for something I set up. And I can say today that I'm not doing that anymore. I still have an incredibly hard time not being this approval suck everywhere I go, but it's getting better. And it's because the program and I'm, I'm grateful that you're part of that journey with me. So thank you so much for your share. Thank okay. you. Claude. Thank you, Claudine. Okay, Nancy. Um, Nancy, food addict. It was such a treat to put on all my squares here and here you are on this square. I didn't know you were sharing on this meeting, Eileen. What a treat. Um, I've talked to you a million times, but I've never really heard you share. I could relate to the stealing from um, the company that you worked for. I had to try to make the same amends to, to um, a company I worked for. I worked for a drugstore. And boy, the, the what I stole from them was unbelievable. And I tried to get in touch with one of the gentlemen that owned it. And um, Thank God he was too old to get to, to want to see me because I was scared. I mean, that I was going to go to jail. And, you know, I tried my darndest to see him. Um, but um, his secretary had gotten in touch with me and said he doesn't think he can help you. You know, um, so I, I donated to. Um, this Christian radio station I listened to, K-Love, every month. It was just taken out of my checking account. That's what my sponsor had suggested. So I did it that way. But, um, you know, I had, I'm starting again on being abstinent. And tonight I got really scared because I'm really getting into it, you know, um, and I was supposed to speak with her at 7.15. We were going through the big book and she texted me and said, I owe you an amends. I, I ate last night and I, I just panicked. It's like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, um, I felt like someone, like my mother died again. You know what I mean? It's like, 
what do I do now? I, you know, I have all this, this, this stuff that I did and wrote down all the gems out of my meetings and podcasts. And I don't have to send that. I do that every night and I do my food and it's like, I don't have to be accountable to anybody. And it's very scared, scary for me. You know, I'm only on day 18. Um, so, and, and I see there's no one in the chat that can sponsor. It's like, oh shit, that's why I got on this meeting because I, I usually, um, I usually um, don't go to night meetings. I got to listen to the vision on at seven and the vision at 10. And I didn't listen to sponsors because this morning I didn't need one. But, um, you know, God's watching me. I'll do fine tomorrow and I'll get another sponsor tomorrow at seven or 10 on one of those, one of the meetings in the morning. And, you know, I'll be fine, but I, I just panicked. You know what I mean? Um, if there's someone on here that can take my food just till I get somebody. Thank you. I, time. Thank you, Eileen. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Nancy. Okay. Who else would like to share? Francesca. Hello everyone, Francesca, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Grateful to be here tonight. Thank you for your service, Sally and Ian. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Eileen. Um, I loved your talk. You said um, um, that you thought you were supposed to run on self-will. You know, that's what I thought like I was supposed to do. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And you also said you didn't know you were supposed to rely on God. And like, yeah, I thought that was like a weakness, like that, you know, I was supposed to rely on myself um, and that changing, oh my gosh, the changing. And then um, eventually, yeah, being like, I can't deal with this person because they're crossing my boundaries, boundaries that I, they should have read my mind. You know, I told them to do one thing and they did that thing, but really they should have known I didn't mean it, <laughs> you know? And then I laughed when you said, oh, perfectionism is an excuse. I was like, yes. Um, and the oversensitive, I'm so sensitive. It's, and you know, while there are things about that, that are beautiful, I also can see why in the big book, or it might be the 12 and 12, it says alcoholics are very, are sensitive. And this is a great handicap, you know, because it keeps me like wrapped up in my ego. And when my sponsor is giving me feedback, I'm like, you know, how could you like, it's like, she, you know, she says, love you, hate the disease. Like she's volunteering her time. Like you know, and caring more about my recovery than my feelings. And yet I'm like, you hurt my feel, you know? So, um, yeah. And, um, with the rigorous honesty with the food, um, I now, I used to send my food at the night. I reported my food instead of committing my food the night before. And I didn't know I was so defiant. Like I want to change things just because I can. And I think I should be able to <laughs> like, I'm like, but I'm weighing and measuring it, but it's like, why do I have to change it? Like, you know, um, so I really loved that. And then you said, um, when I was, I was looking for God in all the wrong places and God was here all the time and all the faces. So I loved the rhyme. And it reminds me of that old country song, looking for love in all the wrong place. Well, from the eighties, I guess not that old anyways. Um, yeah. So you, you said you did the footwork and God did the rest. Um, and, um, 
that the petty stuff is the stuff that kills you. Um, you know, I think that I should be evolved to where certain things don't bother me, but then like, who's that for? That's just ego too. Thinking I can like spiritually bypass things or I can like meditate my way through things. Um, and then also I'm just thinking about this now, me thinking I should be evolved and this stuff shouldn't bother me, I think makes me judgmental towards others because then I don't have compassion for why that's bothering them, which I hadn't really thought about until now, but it's like, well, you should be tougher, you know, which goes back to the, like, I thought I was supposed to do it all on my own, you know? Um, and I loved how you said that you learned that you were able to say your time. out loud. Thank you so much, Ian. Um, thank you, Aline. Thank you, everyone. Pass. Thank you, Francesca. Kelsey. Hello, all. I'm Kelsey. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Eileen, for your share. That was phenomenal. Um, your whole energy and your vibe is just so like welcoming and inviting. And it is great to see how the program has worked in your life. And um, you touched on getting um, your sense of humor back or your sense of humor expanding and being able to laugh at yourself and I really really have been so serious for so long and I've known I've had that problem you know I've got a nine-year-old son and I used to be like a way more fun mom you know because when you're dealing with kids like they are so fun and so cool and so silly all the time and I used to be able to get on that level a lot more than I'm able to now like and I've noticed though even just um doing the little bit of work that I've done and hanging out with you guys in these meetings, I'm getting it back a little bit. And so that really um, grows my faith. It really, really does because I have been feeling hopeless for so long. And um, I've come to realize through just keeping, I'm, I have like, I don't want to say failed utterly because I know that's like not nice to myself, but I feel like a total failure. I've relapsed like a hundred thousand times in two or three weeks. And, um, but I'm trying and I really want it. And, um, but I keep coming back and I keep being as honest as I can, you know, cause I really am delusional so sometimes it takes me a while also to realize when I'm being dishonest but um I had to I've had to stick around and ask a lot of questions and keep an open mind and I've realized that um I needed to change my language around my higher power I've done the 12 steps in a different program before and like that God isn't working for me anymore and I thought that I knew what I was supposed to say. I knew what I was supposed to do. Yes, I believe in God. I pray in a certain way. I use a certain language. I know God's going to fix me. But in reality, I haven't been feeling that way, you know. And so it's been really nice just to have my eyes open to that. You know, I am. I do believe that there is a like a great power out there. And I do believe that um, that power has relieved others of their compulsion. And so like it could relieve me of mine and maybe it doesn't want to right now. <laughs> 
But um, so I'm making steps. And so that feels really good. And I heard someone say last night in a meeting, like it happened for her. So why not me? And I loved that. It's like, that makes sense to me. That's so simple. Yeah, yeah. why not me? Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey. So let's go ahead and stop the recording.